Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. I said conversation kind of weird. One thing we promise, or we try to promise, is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. Feel free to rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud or... Tweet us at Listen and Sleep. Joining me on this episode is a very good friend of mine, uh, director, writer, um, philanthropist, Matt Campagna. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you, Marco. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you can follow Matt at Matt Campagna. Look at our notes and you'll know how his last name is spelled. And you can check out one of the recent projects you did at hashtag TacticalGirlsTV. Absolutely. That's the that's a hashtag you can follow on just about any part of social media. We've found our way in there. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and I was involved in that project, too. But beyond that... Couldn't have done it without you, Matt. Oh, Matt. <laughs> uh, you and I have been involved in a few projects together. I can't think of a project I've done where you weren't involved in it or an essential part behind the scenes to me getting something done. And for our listeners who may have heard the episode where we talked about the inception of the Insomnia Project, Matt was involved with the Nuit Blanche uh, art installation. art installation, right. And Matt was the projectionist. So that's another title I didn't mention on on your little bio there. Um, And Matt would project images onto a giant screen that could be seen from both inside the art installation and outside for passerbys. It was essentially a visual stream of consciousness. Yeah. It was very fun. And there was two images that you would project that I'll never forget. And one was rotisserie chickens. So that was projected. Yeah. Rotisserie chickens and bunnies. Jumping over small fences. Yeah. Seeing those things just overlaid on top of each other. Nothing says I'm going to fall right asleep quite like bunnies (laughs) Bunnies and rotisserie. Um, So, and the repetitive motion of that. Yeah. Very soothing. But I wanted to talk to you not about film, not about rotisserie chickens, not about bunnies that jump over fences, although that can be a future podcast, but rather... Hawaii. And I would be delighted 
to talk about Hawaii. It's one of my favorite places on planet Earth. And you just re- recently came back from a trip to Hawaii, correct? Yeah, I've had quite a few uh, for various reasons. Um, some professional, some, in fact, most personal. But, um, yeah, my most recent trip was just uh, this past January. And it's a nice way to weather the winter, to take, you know, 10 days off and be in Hawaii, be in literal paradise for, uh, you know, the time that your friends are dealing with snow there back you home. Go. Explain <laughs> to me Hawaii. It's a series of islands. You know, everyone knows Hawaii, but we don't really know it unless clearly you're from Hawaii or you've visited. You get a better understanding of it. Well, geologically speaking... Hawaii is an archipelago of islands that is on a tectonic plate moving northward, which is to say one volcano has created every one of those islands. And so as the plate moves northward slowly over millions of years, you wind up with different mountains and ultimately different islands that come from that one magma spout. Now, that magma spout is at currently the southern tip of what's called the Big Island of Hawaii. Okay. Um, And it's still active. You can see some absolutely beautiful sights of really the fires of creation as magma is pouring into the ocean and steam clouds erupt and bright, bright red fire is just being tamed by water as more... Uh, acreage of Hawaii is being built as you watch. Created. Wow. So does that mean there's only a volcanic, only the big island has a volcano or do the other islands have volcanoes as well? The only active volcano is currently uh, the southern tip of the big island. See, I didn't. I thought each island had a volcano. I don't know why, but well, this is one of the misconceptions I have. Of you're Hawaii. kind of correct, actually, because okay. each island is was built by that same magma spout, by that same volcano. Mm-hmm. So take um, Maui, for example, which is an island that's to the north of the big island of Hawaii. Maui has two peaks on it, just like the big island, mm-hmm. two peaks. But they're from a magma spout that it has long since ah, moved away from. I see. So Maui runs no risk of exploding. Okay. Um, in fact the two big island uh, peaks run no risk of exploding either because the active magma spout is now at the southern tip. So Moana Kea and mm-hmm. Moana Loa, which are the two large peaks on the big island, um, neither one has active magma beneath it anymore oh. because the plates have been slowly moving ever northward. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially moved all of the archipelago, all the entire cluster of the Sandwich Islands, as they were once called. Uh-huh. They've all moved north and away from the active volcano. That's cool. It's pretty neat. I mean, rocks are only so interesting, but uh, this is one of the moments where they get particularly interesting when they're, you know, on fire. <laughs> they're pretty neat. So t- you mentioned Maui. What was your first impression when you saw Maui? Um... Because I saw Maui after I had seen the Big Island, and really the Big Island was my first impression okay. of Hawaii, and it's... Um... So then let me ask you, what was your first impression of the Big Island? Okay. And is it the biggest of the islands? It is. Okay. It is. Each island has its own name, and the funny thing about calling the Big Island 
the big island is that that's not its name. I see. Its name is Hawaii. Oh, I see. And so because it's the biggest one, one way or another, when they moved from the British nomenclature of the Sandwich Isles Mm -hmm. to the American nomenclature of the state of Hawaii, Mm -hmm. they decided to name the whole state after the largest landmass. Okay. Even though the capital is on the much smaller island of Oahu. So Honolulu, which is where like Waikiki Beach and right. all the familiar sort of 60s and 70s impression of Hawaii. I'm and picturing when, Frank Sinatra in exactly, a Hawaiian shirt. You got it. Okay. The like the Mad Men Hawaii yes. sort of image. That comes from a time when Oahu was like the island. Okay. Everything happened there. That's where Pearl Harbor is on Oahu. Right. So like really all the action was for a good long time on Oahu. But slowly Maui wound up taking over as the sort of luxurious, expensive island. Right. So in the decades since then, Oahu feels a bit like Miami. A bit okay. like it's sort of like Toronto or Chicago. Like it's a not a humongous, but not a small city. Right. Um, but it's floating and has palm trees. So it feels a bit like Miami sure. in that way. That makes sense. And you know, Maui, there's a lot more mo- room to move around. Okay. But the Big Island is that's a proper drive. Like you can drive around most of these islands in a day. I see. The Big Island, you're looking at. Uh, you're looking at exhausting yourself trying okay. to drive around that in a day. Sure. It's a lot. Um, and most of the islands can be circumnavigated. Mm-hmm. Some of them are so rustic that the highways do not go all oh. the way around. Okay. Yeah. So and, what would you have to do? Hike or, or take another mode of transportation? Well, on an island like Kauai, mm-hmm. that is the northernmost island, the the farthest one from Hawaii, um, it's where they shot Jurassic Park. Okay. So there is a corner of Kauai that is so rustic and so untamed that they didn't even try okay. to run a road through right. it. So if you imagine the round-ish island as a clock, between 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock, there's nothing. Oh, I see. It's just, it's just rugged Isla Nublar. It what? looks like... Jurassic Park. And that was the first one they they filmed there? Um, Yes. That's where they filmed the first one. And they also filmed um, George Clooney's The Descendants there. A lot of films have shot. uh, Tropic Thunder was shot there as well. Um, There's just a lot of beautiful, untouched land that they can film there. Sure. And uh, because of that, sort of almost third of the quarter of the island where there's just no... There's no one living. There's no traffic. There's hippies living in funny little communes that you can hike for eight hours to get to. But if it takes you eight hours, it's not a particularly high traffic area. Right. So on an island like that, what 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 my wife and I wound up doing was we stayed essentially at the, uh, continuing the clock metaphor, we stayed at about the four o'clock. Okay. So that would allow us to drive, you know, north to get to the end of the island. So the, t- the 12 o'clock? Exactly. Or there we could drive south to get around to the 9 o'clock. Right. And each one would take us between an hour and an hour and a half. And so it was a nice central location to explore Kauai from. So we stayed in, uh, in and around the town of Kapa'a. 
Okay. Now, you've probably noticed by now that I'm saying some really strange noises when yeah, I like, pronounce words like Hawaii right. when I say it Hawaii. Right. That's because the Hawaiian language has some really interesting aspects to it. It's only got like 14 letters oh. that we would recognize as, as you know, Roman noises, right. Roman uh, letters and, and phonemes. But they have what looks like an apostrophe. They call it an okina. Love it. And so the cool thing about that is that there's two I's in the word Hawaii. Right. And that's because that okina exists between those two I's. Oh, I never see it written like that. Well. I'm just, as, as Matt's talking, I'm, I'm going to do so it for yeah, myself. Yeah, right there between the two I's, mm. there's an apostrophe. When when native speakers or when Pacific Islanders, when, when people who are sensitive to the culture of Hawaii... Um, write the the word that okina that apostrophe lives in there, and what that means to the to the speaker when they read it is that there's a hard stop between those two usually vowels. Right. So Hawaii would let you know that there's a, a that those two eyes don't live together in the word in a word like skiing. Right. Those two eyes live together. Right. You wouldn't know that there's a two second eye as if you weren't a native writer of English. Exactly. But Hawaii mm. has an, an okina there between the two eyes. Um, Maui is a smooth word. There right. are no okinas right. in there. But Kauai is spelled between that last A and I. There's an okina. Ah. So it's Kauai. I see. Yeah. It's a really beautiful language and a beautiful culture. They didn't have much of a written language when um, when Captain Cook arrived right. in Hawaii for the first time. But um, since then, they've adapted English into a way to write the Hawaiian language I see. as a written word. And they've taken about 14, if I recall, it's 14 letters from the English language. K is in a lot of things. M okay. is there. And H. Hawaii is the way Hawaii is usually pronounced. Okay. So that W even exists more as a V for wow. a lot of native speakers. I see. And so you really find out... Um, Either how native someone wants to be or how Anglo they want to I be see. based on how they pronounce those words. So, you know, at an airport, you might tell the Air Canada or Delta steward that you're going to Hawaii. Right. But when you're ordering, um, when you're ordering the spam omelet on the big island. Right. You'll call it Hawaii. I see. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So we spoke about rock land language. I'd like to know about the water. Oh, the water. Okay. I learned to swim well before I learned to walk. Oh. So I'm You're like my wife then you're a water baby. Oh, I am. I, I, I was I was born in a sign of water, and and <laughs> haven't stopped since. Yeah, basically, and I I really do feel the best in in water, and there's never in my life been a time where I was in better water than really? in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh man. And when I was when I was little, look what made would, it better. Before you go into what what's the, like what was it? It's wild, and behaves in such beautiful and unpredictable uh -huh. ways and it's it feels so pure i mean 
honestly, the the biggest worry I had when um, the when the reactors in Tokyo in in Fukushima right. went uh, was oh no Hawaii right okay because it's it's just such a beautiful untouched just striking wild place mm-hmm. and you know the the spirit of aloha is something that the people of Hawaii speak about and live really that that idea of of welcoming people of gratitude of being a part of the land and of appreciating what they have and you know in certain cultures that can come off as a kind of I don't want to say laziness sure but it can come off as a kind of contentedness okay and so you know Hawaii's not the state that will that will put a man on Mars right but it is the state that will bring calm and peace it is the state that created Barack Obama right you know a very um, Bette Midler Bette Midler it has created some wonderful people. Keanu Reeves. That's oh, is he born in Hawaii? He's he's Hawaiian descent. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and so there are uh, there are some really wonderful people and and auras and philosophies wow, that come out of Hawaii. Very mystical. You it you, is. you were mentioning when you were a kid, and then I interrupted you. Yeah, when I was when I was small, I would spend time in um, in the ocean off of. North and South Carolina, in Florida, um, and then when I got older, I would go to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But nothing in the Dominican Republic, nothing in Jamaica, nothing on the East Coast of America, nothing in, in even in Canada, where mm-hmm. we have some of the most rugged and beautiful land in in the world. Um, nothing compares to the bays and the the piers and the jetties and the just rugged beauty of Hawaii. Wow. It's incredible. What about the flora? The flora is pretty incredible in its own way. There are parts... So everyone knows the lei when mm-hmm. you go to Hawaii, right? Yeah. It's a bunch of flowers. Does it, is it a particular flower? It really comes down to who's building the lei. Oh, I see. You can find leis made out of stones, even. Really? It's, uh, yeah. Stone? Stone lei. Yeah. It, it it really is a sign of welcoming and a sign of, of, of being a part of something new and being brought into it. Okay. Um, and what I found with, with the flora is that Hawaiians are very connected to that which grows around them. Okay. And so it's not uncommon in Hawaii, if you're on a hike through the wilderness, to find places where a person has left an offering okay. to maybe their personal spirituality, but maybe to the to the god of of the island of 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 the volcano Pele, where you'll find some flowers that have been picked and some leaves that have been laid out in them in a really artistic, beautiful way. And it's someone who came in that space before you, and you can tell by the freshness of those of that offering. Okay, how far behind that person you wow. might be. It's like the the spiritual leavings of the person before you. It's quite beautiful to see the way people appreciate and and offer the island unto itself. Now, 
do you see a lot of these flowers as you're doing these hikes or these flowers that people would bring with them? And did anything strike you as, wow, that's very different than the flora of my native land? There were parts of, specifically on this recent trip to Kauai, there were parts of it that felt a little bit like being in Rattlesnake Point near the the Niagara Peninsula in, in, uh, in... Toronto, near out, outside of Toronto, in the greater Toronto area. Isn't it Mississauga, Rattlesnake? Um, it begins, um, the the area sort of starts near Milton and works its way uh, south and then a little bit east uh, down towards uh, Buffalo, basically. Okay. It's, a, it's a pretty impressive uh, space that I went to a lot when I was younger. And there were moments where I was surrounded by palm trees in Kauai, and then I would round a bend. And because of the way trade winds affect, especially the oldest island of Kauai, the the amount of foliage that would change as you turn a corner was amazing. Like, you would feel like you were in a whole new forest every 10 minutes. The elevation would affect what you were surrounded by. The trade winds would affect how the seeds were populating one way to another. The, the pollination in Hawaii is remarkable. That it goes from island to island is shocking. Um, often it's carried by birds. Oh, that's, okay. how a lot of, that's how a lot of the islands were populated and cross-pollinated with flora and fauna. A lot of things were just brought by birds. Sure, sure. Actually, that's what the next thing I was going to go to. But I will say this, that if you have allergies and you go to Hawaii, you should probably bring some meds. There is something in Hawaii called VOG, which is a combination of volcanic smoke. V. Which is where the V comes from. And uh, essentially water vapor, fog. Okay. And so... And so that volcanic fog can really mess with your sinuses, especially if you're um, prone to any kind of sinus problems or uh, have any sort of allergies. My wife in particular, she found having some some antihistamines were helpful. Uh, I don't... I don't really have many allergic uh, sensitivities sure. that I'm aware of, but even I wasn't sure if I was getting sick. And I right. was like, "There's like something in the back of my throat, right. like my." It's like, a bit I couldn't of tell. Vog in the it's back. Like, yeah, I got a vog in my throat, <laughs> and it got to the point where, if it wasn't for the uh, for the wonderful lady at the reception desk of our hotel. I would have just assumed I was getting sick right. and never got sick, so it was a it was a strange thing. Although I must say, the flight home, if you have sort of that voggy sinus um, congestion happening, can be uncomfortable. So okay. you want to make sure that you're prepared for the pressure and and depressurization and repressurization wow. that you're going to be affected by in, in a flight like that. So we talked about flora. We got to talk about fauna. Did you see any cool animals while you were there? I've got to say, the um, the strangest thing about Kauai is that they have chickens everywhere. Really? It's weird. I, I've been to a lot of Hawaiian islands mm-hmm. and spent a decent amount of time on them and never had anyone ever mentioned to me that there are wild chickens running through the streets of Kauai Amazing. like pigeons in New York. It, it was... At first, I was sleeping 
And at about three in the morning, four in the morning, there was a full moon, and I thought nothing of the fact that a rooster crowed. And oh. I was like, oh, and there must be a farmer nearby right. who, you know, his chickens are confused because the full moon is out. Sure, All sure. All right, no big deal. Oh, no, nobody owns that chicken, <laughs> I found out the next day. There are just hundreds and hundreds wow. of not ugly chickens. These are Portuguese fighting cocks. Oh, really? So they're serious? Like, you don't mess with these well, chickens? They're pretty... I wouldn't call them, like, rabbit or feral, right. necessarily. But they know that they own the island. Yeah. Well, chickens are not... Like, they, they're serious fowl. Like, oh, they don't, yeah. you don't mess with a chicken. Absolutely. Everybody they're... thinks it's like, you know, on a farm, oh, look how nice a chicken. No, yeah, when, when it... you put chickens close to each other, man, they're That's made of a, sharp. Yeah, they're... they got yeah, sharp it's... claws. they got sharp beaks. They're... The rooster's uh, cone or whatever it's called yeah. is not, you know. But I must say, they they are beautiful. Oh, yeah. These, these Portuguese fighting cocks that got loose in the last 20 years because... Hurricanes hit the islands and destroyed coops that normally uh, would keeping were keeping right. the chickens perfectly, you know, controlled. They there is no mongoose population uh, on the island of Kauai, right. and a mongoose is the only thing that can keep a chicken population in check. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought snakes would be able to. Apparently, the mongoose is yes. the like natural predator wow. of the chicken, and because there is not a single mongoose on the island of Kauai. Chickens rule, man. Yeah, and mongooses take care of, I don't know if it's mongoose, but uh, a mongoose will kill a snake, too. Oh, I believe that. Just on a side note, yeah. in case anybody has a pet mongoose. A and mongoose they is like an alpha predator, You don't man. want to mess with a mongoose. One day there'll be a Godzilla movie where he has to take out, like, mongoosa. Is there be any, huge. Is there any superhero that has mongoose-ness uh, to them? Because well, that'd be a cool superhero. The funny thing is, a wolverine is not a particularly like wolf-like creature. Right. So, uh, I'd say a wolverine is probably the closest thing to no, a No, but a wolverine is not a wolverine is Okay, we're not going to get into this matter. We'll do another episode where we talk about superheroes because <laughs> we could go down We could go down for a while. And, and and we won't. Let's talk about the food. Okay, the amazing thing about Hawaii is that there All the food comes in from other places. Well, no, no, it's I'm funny. kidding. It's funny they cuz in a way from a from an intellectual sense, it does. Oh, really? I mean, the Hawaiian culture is a beautiful amalgam of Pacific Islanders plus the Japanese plus the British plus the Chinese plus the Portuguese. And it's funny how many places in Hawaii you can find um, chorizo sausage. Oh, it is everywhere. Chorizo sausage and spam are about the two most common forms of non-aquatic meat you're going to find. Okay. Yeah. Oddly enough, chicken not that common. Really? You they, think they're running all over the place? Yeah. Nobody's eating them. Wow. They're the most relaxed chickens you'll find. I see. I never understood that. Like, I know there's wild boars that that like run rampant in places like Texas and whatnot. Oh, there's some wild boars in Hawaii. And the Italian in me is like, let's have a pig roast. Yeah, because there's, there's porchetta no, yeah, right, you there. right there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got wild chicken. I mean, come on. Like, Dinner's knocking on your door. <laughs> Matt, I want to thank you so much for talking to us about Hawaii. Oh, it's been my pleasure reliving every moment. Or Hawaii. I'll start uh, saying it. Um, I'm going to do a part two on Hawaii with your wife. So I want to thank you for this. Stay tuned for an episode where Matt and I discuss superheroes because if there's ever uh, a sort of um, master class in that, you could certainly teach it. (laughs) 
Once again, you can follow Matt at Matt Campania and hashtag Tactical Girls TV to check out that series. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Marco. As always, The Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada.